All right, all right, take your seats, everyone. This time we're talking about knowledge versus skills. So take your seats, please. I'm talking to you. Thank you. Hello, this is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we explore what it takes to create a healthy mindset, sustainable habits, and to create the life we want to live. I'm Monica Reinagle. And I'm Brock Armstrong. In this episode, we're going to explore the difference between knowledge and skill, and we're also going to cover why that matters. Now, for some endeavors, all you need is knowledge and a good reason to follow through. But for other endeavors, you need to practice doing it in order to turn it into a skill. Now, if you expect to succeed at a skill without allowing yourself time to practice, well, you're likely to be (laughs) frustrated. Yeah, and if we can reduce frustration, we're all about that. But you know, speaking of frustration, when I originally proposed this topic, it seemed pretty straightforward to me. But when we were working on it together, I realized it was just a little bit more slippery than I had originally thought. I mean, you and I had an extended back and forth over the weekend, just trying to define the difference between knowledge and skill. So I thought maybe we should start our discussion with some of the definitions that we came up with and maybe some examples that will help clarify them. Yeah, I have to say... It sounds like that could have been a problem, but it was actually really fun going, okay, so the difference is X? (laughs) No, it's Y. No, it's Z. No, (laughs) it's really fun to dive into that. It was a very fruitful, yeah, back and forth, but it did show me that it wasn't quite as kind of obvious as as I may have thought. So some goals can be achieved simply by acquiring knowledge. So if you have a good set of instructions you really should be able to succeed on your very first try. For example, let's say you want to learn how to make a specific salad dressing. (laughs) If you have the right recipe that tells you exactly which ingredients and how much of each one, you should be able to make that salad dressing perfectly the very first time. Now, I want to say you may still need to get out that recipe every single time you make the dressing if you don't memorize it in order to get it right, but still, All you need to succeed is that information. I have to say my salad dressing recipes are pretty easy to remember. (laughs) I'm a (laughs) like olive oil, balsamic vinegar, pepper kind of guy, but (laughs) I get your point. Oh, I mean, there have been times when I've gone to a dinner party and somebody has brought a salad and the dressing is so good. I'm like, Mm. I want to know exactly how to make that dressing exactly. So that's my example of a knowledge-based skill that exact salad dressing. Mm -hmm. But let's say you want to learn how to make bread. I am here to tell you (laughs) Mm -hmm. that even if you have the right recipe that tells you how much yeast, how much flour, water, salt, and all of the procedures, your first loaf of bread may not turn out very well. Mm -hmm. You might get lucky, but successful bread making involves a lot that can't really be completely imparted in those instructions because the exact amount of water that you need to add or how long you have to knead it or how long it takes to rise can vary dramatically, depending on things like how humid it is the day that you're baking or how old your yeast is or how warm your kitchen is or even what brand of flour you're using. Or if Paul Hollywood is peeking over your shoulder or not. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So over time and with practice, you start to learn what that dough should look and feel like at every step of that process. And that allows you to adjust 
the timing and the balance of ingredients accordingly, and your successful loaf rate goes up with practice. So making salad dressing requires knowledge. Baking bread is a skill. Okay. And I want to point out that both knowledge and skill are useful and necessary. I mean, both bread and salad dressing, really good things. The reason I think it's important to understand the difference is that, as you said, it can save you a lot of frustration by helping you set appropriate expectations for what it will take you to succeed. Exactly as you said, if you're trying to acquire a skill, just know that it's not enough to know or to learn how it is done. You absolutely need to build in time for practice. You know, we often assume that the difference between where we are today as a human and where we want to be as our future human selves. As opposed to our future animal selves. Uh, right. I always wanted to be a German shepherd. But anyway, <laughs> that's not the point of this. Is That difference is actually we think it's caused by a lack of knowledge. And this is why we follow inspirational people on social media. We read books. We scan headlines for cutting edge techniques and things like that. We logically, or as we may find out illogically, think that if we knew about a new diet or a new savings plan or a new workout, then the results would come pouring in. You know, a author that comes up a lot on this podcast, James Clear, put it this way. He said, we believe that a new result requires new knowledge. However, I think Mr. Clear, Monica, and I all agree that New knowledge isn't the place where we find new results, necessarily. It's where we find new knowledge. Turning that knowledge into skill, well, that's a different story. That's where we find the new results. That's right. Yeah, sometimes we already have all the information we need, right, to create mm -hmm. a new result. But sometimes knowledge is indeed all you need to solve a problem or to achieve an outcome. So learning how to set my house alarm without accidentally setting it off was simply a matter of memorizing the correct sequence of numbers and buttons to push. I didn't have to practice that. Mastering the art of parallel parking, on the other hand, especially on those one-way streets where you have to park on the left-hand side of the street, yeah. that may require a little practice. And every time you change vehicles, you may have to practice that skill again as you learn the new dimensions of your car. So for me, the trick is simply in identifying whether you're working on something that involves acquiring knowledge or acquiring skill so that you can set those expectations accordingly. And those two examples are really interesting to me because I can't even remember how many times I accidentally set off the alarm in my old office because I just couldn't get the freaking thing in the right order. It just it took it really took a lot of practice. But parallel parking, I am a whiz. <laughs> so I guess it, it's not just the activity, but it's the individual's background and experience and, and understanding and maybe innate knowledge and stuff to that does lend itself to, like you said, identifying whether you're working on something that involves knowledge or, or skill. It's not just the thing itself, but it's also the person and probably the setting, like you said, the left-hand side of the street. And mm. There's lots of factors, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, and as a coach, I, I spend a lot of time keeping my eye on the latest sports science. And every time something really new and exciting comes out, there was a, a study that was released just a couple of days ago out of Denmark that I forwarded to all my coach friends. And when I see those kinds of things about some exercise program or something having a specific benefit or a specific outcome, 
I just want to take that evidence and wave it in front of all my clients or all my friends' faces and shout it out to the world, expecting that everyone, upon seeing those results and seeing those studies, will just immediately fall into line and start doing that. But as you can guess, that rarely ever happens, because most people need more than just the knowledge that something works to make it happen in their lives. They need to know how to do the workout how to fit it into their lives, what to do if they can't do it exactly as planned, like having plan B, as we often say, and so on. Then they need to do it over and over and over again. So just having that scientific study waving around in front of their face doesn't do a heck of a lot. Yeah. Well, actually, I think you've hit on a couple of different things there. And one is that some things, skills, require knowledge plus practice to master. Mm. But I think the other thing that you're highlighting here is the difference between knowing how to do something or even knowing that something works and implementing that knowledge. Because that often does require some additional planning steps and logistics and and that sort of thing. Right. While we've been going through all of this, this topic really got me thinking about how we actually use or misuse those inspirational quotes and memes and images and stuff that we see on on social media and Instagram, Pinterest, all of those kind of places. Now, some of them can be used as knowledge, the way that Monica has been describing. You just read it and have that knowledge and move forward. Make that salad dressing. Make that salad dressing. There's the recipe right there in the meme. But we often think that we will magically turn some of those different types of images and memes and things into a skill just by reading it. And for example, If you go and search for hashtag fitspiration, if you search for that on Instagram, for example, you'll find millions of images, literally millions too. I'm not just exaggerating here. Then you'll find photos of muscular, slim and flexible folks. And many of the images come with motivational quotes like exercise outdoors first thing in the morning to boost your mood or use this pick me up workout instead of a cup of coffee. Or maybe it's just a long list of advice about how to turn your health around. And often they come with endorsements and affiliate links included, Mm -hmm. just saying. But the point of these images is supposed to be education. Sort of that idea that if I tell you about it, then you too can do it. That idea. It sounds really simple. But do they actually work? Does scrolling through those endlessly highly curated photos of people caught in the middle of their absolute best do anything for our motivation or our happiness or our fitness or our mental health? Well, there were some researchers at Flinders University that actually took a look at that, and you can probably guess that uh, it didn't go very well for the Fitspiration Instagram people. They actually found that uh, it was more demotivating than it was motivating for those people. And yeah, of course, there's a lot of psychology going on there, which we won't get into here, a lot of body shaming and things like that. But a big part of the failure of these images and memes and quotes and stuff is that just knowing or reading about a workout or something like that, just knowing that it exists doesn't help you if you also don't know how to turn it into a skill. Yeah, that's really interesting to consider how motivation fits Mm -hmm. into this discussion of knowledge versus skill. Right. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that knowledge in and of itself is not terribly motivating. And maybe maybe it's because in order to be motivated to take action, we need two things. We need to believe 
that the action will benefit us. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe when we see those images, we do believe that if we did all of those things, we too would have bodies and lives that look like that. <laughs> the, the problem though, is that we also have to believe that we are able to do those things. And if we're not confident about that, it is actually demotivating. Yeah, and then actually believing that you're able to do it means that you can actually make a plan and start practicing it. But yeah, mm. if you don't believe any of those things that you just listed, then yeah, you just sort of stuck going, well, that was a nice pipe dream. Yeah, how nice for you. Yeah. A really essential part of the work that Monica and I do together in the Way Less program is exactly this. We lay out a science-backed, tested-in-the-trenches topic each and every week, but we don't just stop there. We don't just give you the topic and expect it to magically happen. We then go on to work on a plan to integrate this new idea into your life. We give you time to practice it, and we troubleshoot issues that arise. And all of this is essential to integrating a new behavior or a new habit or a lifestyle change into your day-to-day life. Yeah, we get all excited about the skill acquisition and the idea of repeating it over and over and over again isn't <laughs> as sexy, but <laughs> that is actually where it all happens. And and yeah, a lot of our program is focused on that planning and implementation piece of it, because that's where so much of the behavior modification attempts usually fall apart. <coughs> noom. <So> not enough, <coughs> not enough <Noom>. time with that. <laughs> oh, excuse me. But I, I say noom. <laughs> you okay there? <laughs> But I think the other secret sauce here is that we understand that what we're teaching in our program is a skill. Because mm-hmm. we could impart all of that same knowledge in a book, which you would probably read and then put it on your bookshelf without it really making much of a difference in your life. And so what makes a program like ours successful is that we're also building in that time and the structure for practice. And we're also setting appropriate expectations about how success will likely unfold and how long it will take. Mm-hmm. So important. As you know, part of that conversation when we were trying to hash out our definitions of knowledge versus skill, you brought up the issue of complexity. Mm-hmm. And you said, is so okay, so is the difference between knowledge and skill simply one of complexity? So if knowledge equals simple and skill equals complex. And I To the extent that listeners may be wondering the same thing, let's just take a minute to talk about that. Because Before we do, though, I think we need to make the distinction here that simple doesn't mean easy in this case. Right, right, right. But I I did pause over that. I was like, yeah, is it just about the complexity that turns knowledge into skill? But I don't think it is. So while weight management, for example, is definitely a complex skill in that it requires practice in many different domains— I can also think of skills that aren't terribly complex, but they still require practice to master. Right. And one that I came up with was skipping rope. Oh, yeah, good one. Not a super complicated task, right? You swing Swing the rope, rope, you jump jump over over the rope. (laughs) Definitely something that might take some time to practice before we can do it fluidly. So me watching you jump rope or reading a really detailed description of how to jump rope, that's not going to work. On the other hand, I can also think of things that are pretty complex, but it's still just a matter of acquiring the information. There might be a lot of steps, but they could still just be written down and you can follow them. So mm-hmm. an example that, that I thought of for that would be maybe podcast production. 
So there are a ton of little steps involved with uploading the episodes to the host platform and embedding them in our website and pushing them out on all the different channels. But if you had a sufficiently detailed and accurate set of instructions, otherwise known as a SOP, a standard operating procedure, then even if you had never done that before, you could probably succeed at that task. But on the other hand, crafting a podcast episode, creating that content that is relevant and engaging and informative, accurate, but also, you know, compelling, reasonably entertaining, that's a skill that requires practice. And not to mention if you're trying to do all of that in collaboration with another human being. (laughs) So I like to think after close to 15 years of podcasting, I have acquired some skill, but I don't think I'll ever be done working on that skill. (laughs) I'm still learning how to do it better. I like how you pointed out that you're collaborating with another human being, because they always say don't act with children and animals. Uh, That's right. right. Don't podcast with children and animals. If you ever do achieve your future German Shepherd self, we're not doing this podcast together. (laughs) I'm off the show. All right. (laughs) Or I am. All right. You may all be thinking that you've heard some of this before, and that's it's true that we've talked about another issue that's related to this topic, so related quite closely, in episode number 72, which was called Consuming Content Versus Creating Change. And yeah, getting stuck collecting knowledge is actually, well, it's a very popular procrastination technique. Mm-hmm. And I might say that it's even a shifting of blame technique as well. And that may seem harsh, but it is true. Being busy, quote unquote busy, collecting more and more knowledge without sitting down to do the work, which is like planning and practicing and reiterating that plan, is really a great way to feel like you are working hard on solving a problem when you are really just spinning your wheels. Also, blaming the fact that you weren't taught a certain way to do something can take you off the hook and thus avoid taking tangible action. Accepting responsibility and getting down to work is the best way forward. Yeah, I think that's another great example of how important it is to recognize the distinction between knowing and implementing. Right. Collecting knowledge is fun, and we're not (laughs) telling you that you should stop doing it. For sure. But you do need to acknowledge that knowledge without practice is not going to result in a new skill. And if you're okay with that, that's absolutely great. I like to sound smart on Zoom calls too. (laughs) But presumably, you're listening to this podcast about change because you have some goals for yourself. Goals that you don't want to just think about. These are goals that you actually want to reach, right? Right. So choosing which direction to go can be scary. We absolutely know that. And you may want to keep searching for more and more knowledge until you're absolutely certain that you have the correct approach. But here's the thing. Progression in life relies heavily on our ability to learn lessons from the choices we make and the mistakes that come along with those choices. Right. We can't learn if we never make a choice or never make a mistake. Right. So don't be one of those people who will never step outside their comfort zone and take risks because they believe that every mistake they make defines who they are and who they will be. If you're looking for clarity, you will find it way faster if you take action. And as you practice your new skill, your choice will become more and more clear. 
Yeah. What are you always telling us? Action breeds clarity. Right. Yeah. So whenever you find yourself saying like, I just don't know what to do. I'm just so confused. Your best bet is just take one step in any direction and you will have more information. Roll the dice, throw the dart, do whatever you need to do. Do a Rochambeau. (laughs) A Rochambeau? What's that? Uh, Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, oh, is that rock, paper, scissors in French or something? Oh, wait a minute. Now I do remember reading an essay about this. Rochambeau, that's the original name of the game, right? Which is super ancient. Okay, well, some takeaways from today's episode. Some goals can be achieved simply by acquiring the requisite knowledge. Others, those that we are referring to as skills, require both knowledge and practice to master. And expecting to master a skill without putting in some practice time, that can lead to a lot of unnecessary frustration. Mm-hmm. And the difference between knowledge and skill isn't necessarily about complexity. Some knowledge-based tasks are quite complex, and some skills aren't terribly complex, but still require practice. And finally, creating change requires that you do more than just acquire information you need to take action. Right. And speaking of taking action, let's take some action right now. Okay, lab experiment time. What you're going to do is make a list of things that you're working on or working toward. For each one, identify whether your goal involves acquiring knowledge or acquiring skill. And you know what? If you're having trouble figuring out whether you're working with a a skill or a knowledge-based task, shoot us an email. We'll be happy to weigh in. We may not agree, but we'll be happy to weigh in. (laughs) Hello at changeacademypodcast.com. That's where you can find us. But the next thing is, for each thing on that list that you just made, decide what you need to do next in order to move forward. Do you still need to gather more information? Do you need to take action on the information that you've gathered? Or do you need to put in some practice time? Yeah, I I really love this lab experiment. I feel like it is so clarifying when you boil it down to those three options of either gathering more information, taking action, or putting in that practice time. It really brings things into focus, doesn't it? Yeah. And you've convinced me that this really is an important distinction. When we first started talking about this, I was like, ah, Ryan Eagle, is this really important? But <laughs> it is. It's very important. So thanks okay. for convincing me. And listeners, let us know if we've convinced you. We always like your feedback on our episodes, but we'll wrap it up here and we will be back with another episode before you can... Before you can Rochambeau. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinick.